Thundergrunts. Let the filibustering begin. As many of you have noted uh, that use the internet, it has been announced that Disney has required the rights to the Star Wars franchise, and in the summer of 2015, we will see the release of Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. Herewith is my proposal for the plot of that movie. Uh, begin with standard uh, title uh, sequence and John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll to be written. I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if he were to write this opening scroll. Then, pan down from the twin sons of Tatooine, uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc Pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc Pit, and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. This is Amber Nash, and you're listening to Hobo Radio. Sploosh. And now, your host miniature dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again, I'm Joel Murphy, this is Hobo Radio, and today I am very excited to bring you a Hobo Radio interview with Patton Oswald. I've been a fan of Patton Oswald's work for a long time. I, I've got a chance to see him do stand-up years ago. It's been really fun following his career, and as I got a chance to talk to him about, he has a knack for just showing up if you're a nerd in all the shows that you love and all the shows you would want to see Patton Oswalt in. So I was very excited to get a chance to talk to him. And he is a very lovely guy. He uh, is doing press right now to promote the new season of Archer, which begins this Thursday at 10 p.m. on FX. So make sure to check that out. And uh, without further ado, let's just get into it. My interview with Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously you sort of started out as a comedian and then, you know, got into acting. Was there a point, you know, do you still feel like you're a comedian who's acting or do you sort of, was there a point that you transitioned and felt like a full-time actor or how do you sort of approach acting? At this I've point? always felt like I'm a, I'm a comedian who's acting. I always feel like a comedian first. And, um, how do you approach like sort of the balance then of, uh, you know, how much time do you devote to looking for acting work or, uh, you know, sort of that side of your career? That, I mean, that's something, it's kind of hard to set that before the fact. You just have to kind of roll with what is put in front of you. If I have stand-up opportunities that are just too good to pass up, I go with those. And, and the backing opportunities come along, I, I just kind of, I, I'm I'm just very open and, 
and uh, uh, positive and realistic about what's in front of me, rather than, well, this is my set schedule and I'm sticking to it no matter what comes along. I mean, I guess I'm just curious, do you like, is there a time when you're, you know, auditioning for pilot season? Are you doing that kind of stuff? Or you're just sort of, when you have time, you're, you're looking for, for opportunities? I'm just, again, I'm just kind of always looking at what's in front of me rather than trying to map out and control. I've just learned a long time ago to kind of let go of control. Uh, well, um, let's uh, talk about Archer then a bit. What, uh, how did this part come about? Was this just through auditioning or, or how did you? They offered it to me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was really lucky. Uh, how much, how often does that happen? Is it a pretty good mix of being offered stuff and auditioning or? Yeah, I mean, it's about an even mix, I guess. I mean, just, uh, they just, they called my agent and there you go. And so what, how was it described to you when they made you the offer? Did they kind of tell you what? Um, just a, a, a recurring guest star on a show that I'm a big fan of, basically. I mean, they didn't really need to describe the part to me all that much. I was just very happy to get to do it. I, I'm a big Archer fan, so it was it was great to get that opportunity. And now, for Archer, they kind of everyone records individually, right? So you did you just go into a booth and only... Yeah, that's to... how all animated shows... That's how all animated shows do it. Pretty much all they record individually and they cut them all together. So was there room to kind of play with the part, or did you have to stick pretty closely to the the you words? Can on play the... with it a little bit. I mean, the the writing is so good that you want to read the lines because you're kind of even really funny to just read what they've written for you. And it's a really well written show, so it wasn't like I had to get my fingerprints all over it. Like, oh, this is a great script. All I got to do is read this. Uh, well, you mentioned that that you were a fan of Archer. I, I feel like that, it, at least to me, it strikes me because you end up on all of the shows that I watch and love. That you you have a good track record of ending up on those kind of shows that sort of fit with what seems like things that you're interested in and and things that obviously fans of yours will be interested <laughs> in. <laughs> like I I, I honestly, well, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to question that. I'm happy that it's happened. <laughs> you seem very on brand. I don't know if that's just worked out or <laughs> I'm I'm very lucky that way, I guess. Well, cuz I know um there's another FX show too that I really loved you on, which was uh Justified. I really loved Yeah. Uh, uh the whole God, that show was great. Yeah, and it was so fun just, you know, cuz the show was fantastic anyway, but then to see you come on there and like you had a part that sort of I guess was a little comic relief at the beginning, but then ended up being this part of the show. And like, I got really invested in Constable Bob and him standing up to, you know, these forces that he obviously didn't anticipate being pitted against. Well, they were always really good at that. And that they were, they would these elements that seemed comical until they got serious. And they would also, I mean, that's, that's the genius of Elmore Leonard. And the writers on that show. Then, on the other hand, they'd have people that would come on very, very, uh, very seemingly really gung ho and scary, and then something <clears throat> almost comically horrific would happen to them. So there was always great back and forth. You know, you, you you try to keep things light, and the darkness comes for you, or you think that you're the biggest badass, and then something horribly embarrassing happens to you. So that was always, you know, that was always a great. You just kept you on your toes watching the show. You didn't know what was going to happen to anybody. Yeah, and it really could turn on a dime like that where, yeah, someone that you overlooked or, or took as a sort of comic foil could break your heart or, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, I mean, the scene when um, 
that scene when uh, 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 Walter uh, Goggins throws the um, <clears throat> explosive cigarettes at Mr. Picker, yeah. and then he basically blows them up in his chair, and they cut to Wynn Duffy covered in blood, but in shock. It, 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 was, it was the perfect combination of this is horror, and then it's also kind of funny in, in a horrific way. Like, they were so good at doing that. Yeah, and, and like you said, I think they really did lock in to that tone, um, which I would imagine for you, I, I'm going to speculate that you were probably an Elmore Leonard fan coming in, but I I feel like that would be just a cool yes. experience to, uh, yeah, and I didn't want to profile you there, but just I assume. No, no, I mean, I've been a, I've been an Elmore Leonard fan from way back in the day, you know, Pretend to Yuma and the Tall T, and then his crime books, especially um, uh, Glitz. <laughs> and um, um, uh, Freaky Deaky, I thought was really underrated. So, you know, then to see them, to see somebody get it right on on television, especially when someone had gotten it right before and it didn't click with right. that show, Karen Cisco, I thought was a really, it was one of those great, like, one and done. Like, why? This show is so well written and it just didn't get the footing. It happened. You know, so it was good to see him get another chance. And that that seems to be a, a cool thing these days that I hope continues where, you know, Justified was launched based on a specific story, but then sort of became this Elmore Leonard world where other characters could come. Yeah. through. And then you see that on Fargo, too, with the Coen brothers, where. Yes. Uh, but that, I feel like that's an awesome time to to be an actor and to be a part of television where like you can sort of be on these. Well, if you're, if you're a TV actor, what you're doing now is you're getting to act in epic films. You're not really doing TV anymore. You're going in and doing a 17 hour film. Like that's how they're making TV now. And it's so exciting to get to do that. How is it um, for, for you then, if you, you know, like you said, it's the 17 hour film where you might only be on a few episodes. Is that harder than to come in in the middle or, you know, do you have to kind of play catch up? Um, sometimes, but you know, when you make a movie, if you have like a, you know, a co-starring part, you're not there from day one, you're there on the days you're shooting. And, you know, you might not be there when they're establishing other things. You never know. I mean, it, it's very much like making a film. Uh, well, I feel like I, I would be remiss if I didn't also uh, mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point then, which has been... Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, like, uh, what was it like working on that? Or, and, uh, you know, just how was it to come into that world? Uh, I mean, it was, for me, you know, because I already know so much about the world and seeing all the little uh, hints and cool things they were sliding into that world. You know, it was very exciting. It was, it was very... Um, gratifying to see people that had the same kind of viewpoint, uh, especially in terms of a like pop culture mythology that I do. Of, okay, let's fold in as much stuff that we can. Do, do you ever find yourself uh, wanting to, to pitch things or, or sort of uh, going like, I would take it in this direction, or do you just kind of have to put that away? I try to resist that. I mean, those are, the writers have a hard enough job without me bothering them. I just wanted to, <laughs> you know, show more enthusiasm than... Oh, I would add this, this, and that, you know, that doesn't help anybody. And, well, and I would wonder too, just as like a fan coming in, is do you ever have to find the balance of like not having things spoiled or, or not wanting to to know things, especially with just the Marvel universe at large? Yeah, but they've built such a such a lattice work now between the films and the TV 
and stuff like that, that it's, it's hard to get it all spoiled for you. Even if you're right in the thick of it, you don't quite know what's going to happen, which is really fun. Yeah, and it, there is so much just diverse <laughs> quality out there, uh, which is just awesome versus, you know, on the DC side where they're still trying to build that up and... Yeah, <laughs> poor guys. They're scrambling. Oh, well. <laughs> um, which that um, was sort of an interesting uh, approach, if, if you don't mind me <laughs> asking you about a slightly topical thing. But that seems to have come up of like the, you know, they made it for the fans and sort of this divide between audience reaction on that. Oh, I don't you know. I haven't had a chance to see Batman for so I've been so busy. I haven't had a chance. I'll probably see it in a couple. Or literally, I'll. I have the kind of schedule these days where if I see a movie, I either see it months before it comes out at a screening, like on some odd afternoon screening, or I see it months after it comes out. Because my schedule is so crazy right now, I don't get really get to see as many movies as I'd like. So, I mean, that, that was one of those movies that I didn't get to go to an early screening, so I'm gonna. I won't be able to see it till months down the road. Oh, that's, I, but that's, yeah, I wondered the, how much that changes the experience then of, you know, you, you, in some ways will get to see it far removed from all of the hype and backlash. Right. And, well, maybe I'm a little lucky because I can look at it more in terms of like from a filmmaking or an acting point of view of like, what must the actors have been thinking to make this scene work or what was the director dealing with? So, you know, I can always bring something fun to an experience if I go see something. And do you, uh, like for these outings, is it, do you tend to go alone or, or do you get to go with people or like, I'm, I'm for some reason, when you describe this, I'm picturing you finding a random like Wednesday afternoon where you're sneaking into a theater. Uh, yeah. It's all ran It's random. I don't really get to plan stuff as much as I'd like <laughs> as far as film going is concerned. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you too, just a little bit about, uh, I feel like these days I see you just, you have a very imposing Twitter presence and this like very mm -hmm. omnipresent Twitter, which I, I feel like is probably how a lot of people keep up with you. Uh, and I would feel like on the one hand, this is awesome because, you know, it's a good way to, to keep up with fans and let them know what you're up to. Mm -hmm. But then it's Twitter. So and you're someone who likes to talk about politics and likes to talk about uh, things that you're passionate about. So there's that other like double edged sword of you get people you know, who then want to attack or say horrible things anonymously. Is it hard to balance that or, or how does that, how do you approach when you write something and you know, there's going to be a big reaction to it? Um, I, mean, I don't know what the reaction will ever be. And I just try not to think about things that way. Twitter is just for fun. That That's as far as I take it. Anything else that goes beyond that, that's their problem, not mine. Like I can't think of it. I just can't think of it that way. You know? Final question, what else, is there anything else on the horizon that you'd like people to know about or people should be on the lookout for? Uh, and I have my new Netflix special comes out April 22nd. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. Cheers. So there you have it, my chat with Patton Oswald. Like I said, lovely guy, really fun to talk to. I'm very excited to see him on Archer this season. Uh, it was really great to get a chance to talk to him about Justified, which I loved, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Uh, and, and, you know, it's really been fun tracking his career and seeing where he pops up. And I'm excited to see where he'll pop up in the future. And if you enjoyed the interview and if you are a fan of Archer, make sure to go to HoboTrashCan.com. Go back through the archives. I have interviewed most of the cast. I've talked to H. John Benjamin, Chris Parnell, Aisha Tyler, Lucky Yates, and Amber Nash. You can find all of those on Hobo Trash Can. You check them out. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of other interviews, too. So, you know, spend some time and and find some stuff that you'll enjoy. And that's going to do it for today. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check back tomorrow for another Hobo Radio podcast. This one, the full length, hour long podcast with uh, me and Lars, where we will be continuing our Simpsons Hobo Madness tournament. So make sure to tune in to hear the Elite Eight round of that with uh, me and Lars and some special guests. And I hope you enjoy it. And remember, kids, don't do drugs or you go to hell before you die.
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Thundergrunt Podcast Network.